0: Welcome to the Wild Expansion Podcast. My name is Mayra and I am an Abundance Coach. I help heart-centered individuals create the life that they want to live. I believe that our scarcity mindset is holding us back, but it can be changed and I want to show you how. This podcast is full of meaningful conversations with inspiring entrepreneurs on how to live a more fulfilled life you will learn some tips, tricks and tools that you can implement into your own life to help level up and achieve greatness. Welcome to another episode. In this week's episode, I am speaking with Maya, who is a 17-year-old food blogger and YouTuber. Maya shares her journey into self-acceptance and embodying the full version of herself This podcast is going to inspire you to be true to yourself and show up in the world as yourself fully. So this podcast is going to benefit people of all ages, but it's especially important for people who are young, in their 20s and teenage years, because at that age, we can easily get influenced by others. So if you have a friend or family member who is in their 20s or teenage years, please share it with them as it really could plant a seed for them to not be afraid of showing up in the world as themselves. I really hope that you enjoy this podcast and without further ado, I'll start it now. So hello Maya, welcome to the Wild Expansion Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, after all our little technical problems getting started on it yeah but I think like everything is meant to happen whenever it's meant to do you ever think that
1: yeah like maybe because we haven't seen each other in so
0: long but it was so nice that we get to do it face to face exactly so we're recording this podcast um in person here and it does add like a nice unique touch I think to any podcast because you can literally bounce the energy off each other yeah. more so in person than yeah over the internet so Maya for anyone who doesn't know anything about you would you mind giving a little introduction
1: yeah, um, it's kind of weird introducing <laughs> yourself, but um, I'm Maya, I'm 17 years old, um, I have a food blog on Instagram and I have a website and a YouTube channel as well, I need to get back into YouTube, but I haven't really had time with school because I'm in my final year of school, so I'm sitting my leaving cert at the end of this year, so it's all a bit hectic at the moment, but that's pretty much me. <laughs>
0: So what is your journey to getting started in food blogging and YouTube? Well,
1: I've always been like interested in food since a young kid. I've always loved baking mm-hmm. and cooking. And my mum studied dietetics in university. So we always kind of had a basis of healthy food. And then throughout the years, I like, cooked more. like My dad was a chef before he went to university. So I learned cooking from him from a young age. So I was always cooking, mostly baking, when I was a little kid. And I actually grew up in Hong Kong until I was 11. And then we moved over to... Ireland so I was always cooking in kind of both places and then I went through a little bit of a rough patch in school with like bullying and that caused me into like really make made me like have really bad mental health problems and everything and towards the end of that as I was coming out of the other side I just got really interested in food and I wanted to share my passion for food online and I was very anonymous at the start no one knew it was me I just kind of was afraid of what people would think of me and in school being like oh you have a food blog that's really weird because I was I think I was like 15 or 14 at the time so it was a bit different for someone my age but um it kind of started from there and then I just kind of kept posting and as I grew to like have different friends who were kind of more accepting for me as I was I became more comfortable with telling people um that I had a food blog and yeah it's kind of grown a bit since then.
0: Maya, I have so much I want to dissect from all of that. <laughs> um, what was life like, first of all, growing up in Hong Kong?
1: Um, it was pretty crazy. Like it It's hard to explain because people are always like, oh my gosh, it must have been so amazing, it must have been uh, so interesting. But it was kind of the norm for me because that's what I was used to. Like It was where I grew up, so I didn't know any different. Uh-huh. Um, but it was such a cool place to grow up. Like Everything's so busy and so there's so much going on. Like It's such an exciting place to live. But I still had a normal childhood like I went to school every day I did so many sports I was big into dance I danced five times a week and wow. um, played tennis swam like all those sort of things my parents were very big on making sure we did so many sports me and both my brothers have all done so many sports since a young age but I just grew up what I thought was like a really normal childhood because it was for me um but yeah it was a very cool place to grow up I didn't know any different, but everyone here is always like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I grew up there. I wish you that. It's like, it didn't really feel any different because I didn't know any different. But
0: yeah, yeah, it was cool. And how many years did you spend in Hong Kong again? Like what timeline of your life? So
1: I was born there and then I lived there till I was 11. And then we moved to Ireland because my mum's from Galway.
0: And what were like the biggest cultural differences you noticed once you moved back home to Ireland? The biggest thing I noticed was
1: how flat Dublin was like because Hong Kong is just so many skyscrapers and when I came here the tallest building was 13 floors high I remember going on a school trip to Google we went to the Google buildings on a school trip when I was over here and they were 13 floors high and they were like this is the tallest building in Dublin and I was like oh my gosh this is the tallest building in Dublin in Hong Kong it was like 145 floors high like, everything was so tall and so condensed. Where here is everything a lot more spread out. Hmm. But, like, everyone assumes Hong Kong is so, like, skyscraper... So many skyscrapers, all materialised, all industrial, everything. But there's actually so much green to it. There's so much hiking you can do, so many outdoor activities. You just wouldn't... You don't really see that side of it. Yeah. But it can be a really green, outdoorsy place if you, like, explore more towards the outskirts of Hong Kong. Um, but that was pr- pretty much the main thing. Also, Hong Kong is a lot busier than it is in Dublin. I think the population of hong kong is something like almost eight million and the population of dublin i think is like four million maybe i'm wrong there i don't know but um in that sort of way like it's a lot more condensed in hong kong
0: and is there any like different cultural aspects that you found prominent not really like going
1: into school here and kind of like integrating into the school culture was very different because everyone had their friend groups and they all did the same Mm -hmm. things and they all like knew the same way since when there was a little kid but I didn't really notice anything because I was still quite young I was still 11 so I didn't like notice any big cultural aspects like religion or anything like that and yeah. um, about
0: like people's open-mindedness yeah or like um, spirituality or anything like that not really
1: yeah I think I, I was you're just, so young yeah I was so young so yeah. I kind of just went in and everyone was just kind of people like everyone in school was just different people but they did have more of like their ways that were different to Hong Kong like I found in Hong Kong because it was so international everyone was a lot more welcoming and opening to different mm. people whereas the school I went to it was very like closed-minded everyone came from the same place all their parents knew each other their parents were friends they've been friends since they were two years old so it was a lot harder to fit in there because they've all known each other for so long and they weren't as open and welcoming to someone new coming in especially someone from a different place
0: yeah so how did you keep yourself like grounded through that transitional year from Hong Kong back to Dublin?
1: I mean, it was quite hard because I did experience a lot of bullying, especially in the first two years. The first two years I was... Yeah, it started in the first year I moved over. And then it was about the first two or three years that there was one person who was quite bad and then everyone kind of joined in a bit. But that wasn't the easiest experience. It kind of made me hate living here for a while like I love it now mm-hmm. but I kind of always wanted to move back to Hong Kong because I've had su- had such a negative experience whereas in Hong Kong I just had so many friends
0: yeah.
1: and like I never experienced anything like that yeah. but I mean I know it can happen anywhere but just I I just happened to be in a place where I didn't experience mm-hmm. any of it but um so it was hard to kind of I I would try to change myself to fit in with everyone there because I thought that would make me be normal like in quotation marks because I just wanted to be like everyone else so I wouldn't seem different but like Everyone's different, and especially me having such a different childhood, I was always going to have a different mindset and a different like vibe, and and I just thought, well, I was so young, I thought I had to fit in with those people. But it's only now that I found like my re- real, good friends that I realised like your vibe attracts your tribe. Hundred yeah. percent. And I was so being eleven years old, like I kind of just want to fit in, so I do whatever all the other girls were doing and I would try and play with them but in reality I just fit in more with the guys I would just go in because they don't really care who it is they're like oh you'll play football that's that's fine and um, so if I was ever having a hard time with the girls I'd just go and play with the guys because I knew I wouldn't be judged if I was playing with them because I was in a co-ed school so that made it a bit easier when they were there and they wouldn't think like if girls would spread rumors they'd be like well, what are you talking about like yeah so I found it was a lot easier with them and um, but then as I got more used to it like For a while, I did still try to be someone else. And it's only when I moved to a new school, really last year, like I was in a, I moved, I've moved school twice. So I've been in three different schools since being in Ireland. Um, I moved school once to get away from the bullying and to get away from those people. And then when I was in that school, I still had a good experience, but it just wasn't quite for me. And Mm -hmm. everyone there was really nice. It just didn't really suit me. And the school I'm in now really suits me. I found like my people and I found really good friends. Um, so that's when I realized that I didn't have to change myself to fit in like I would find my people eventually and now I don't have to change myself at all like I can just be myself and people accept that which a lot of like no one realizes that when they're a little kid everyone changes themselves to fit in but it's only really when you find your people that you know that being yourself is
0: okay do you think that like from the experience you've had with all the moving about that it's sort of made you mature faster than maybe the average person your age I
1: think so. Like, one of the main comments I get when I speak to anyone is like, oh my gosh, you're so mature for your age. Because I look quite young. Like, I don't look old. Like, I would put myself looking at, like, 15. But um, (laughs) whenever someone talks to me, they're like, oh, you seem so much older than you are for your age. I think it has. Like, I was forced to grow up very quickly going through the bullying and then having some serious mental health problems. Like, that really forced me to grow up quickly. But even as a little kid, I was quite mature. Um, When I was younger, I wanted to do law. But, like, I didn't even think of it as wanted at all. I've always just been very fair. I'd be like, okay, this person gets this. So even if we were in our, like, family friend group and my brother and his friends were, like, three and a half years, some of them were four years older mm-hmm. than me, Um, I'd be there and the parents would put me in charge to do stuff because they know I'd be the fairest and I would make sure everything's okay. So I've always been quite mature, but I'd say moving and having those experiences just made me more mature as a person and I tend to get along better with people that are older than me Mm -hmm. so I could find like I'd get along I could have really long chats with people who were 10 15 20 years older than me like I would have long chats with my mom's friends and I'd be fine whereas a lot of people my age would be like no like they just don't have anything in common but I just kind of find common ground with anyone you speak to and so yeah those experience did help me mature a lot more I think and which is kind of a blessing and a curse because a lot of times I'd be like especially in my older schools I'd be like I just want to fit in and not have like some advanced views in my mind or I always have I'm never <laughs> going to find people my age that I get along with because I only ever get on with, pe- with people older than me but even my new school I ended up skipping transition year which is an optional year that you can do and um, so I'm actually with people a year older than me anyway and I find even that difference mm-hmm. has made a big difference like I think that's one of the main reasons as well that I found my tribe because they are a year older than me so they are that you're mature and you're in your last year of school so everyone kind of... relating to the stress and I think you mature a lot in those last two years
0: of school as well do you think there's one defining moment that you were like right you know what I'm just going to show up as I am and find my tribe or do you think it's lots of small different steps throughout the years because that's a lot of that's a big question a lot of people have yeah I'd say like for the
1: first two schools I was in I kind of tried to hide who I was but going into this last school I still going in at the start I was like oh I'm really nervous because I didn't know anyone so I was like oh, I'll just see what happens like I didn't have any idea in my mind of what I, of what I was going to do but when I found like a couple of friends um, and I started to get to know them better that's when I really knew that oh it's okay to be me because they like me for me like I didn't have to pretend excuse me I didn't have to pretend to put on loads of makeup or to pretend to be one of these girls that are in quotation like these girls Pretend to be like other people, and mm-hmm. um, so when I found that, like they accepted me for being me, then that's when I realised that it's okay to be myself. Because mm-hmm. in school, like I would always try to be someone different, but like when I was at home or when I was with my dance friends, because I still did dance when I came to Ireland, and those were really good friends I had as I had for a while as well, and some of my best friends in dance were, are still some of my best friends now and with them I was myself and they accepted myself for me so I found I kind of had two different personas like in school I was trying to be someone else but when I was a dance I was me and then I finally realised when I moved to this new school and found my group of friends that I can just be me the whole time mm. and I don't have to pretend to be someone in the weekends and someone in the weekdays so because that must have been really tiring you know to change yeah it's just like and I think so many people do it in especially like the final years of primary school coming into the first years of secondary school especially the first years of secondary mm-hmm. school everyone just wants to fit in no one wants to stick out no one wants mm-hmm. to be weird or anything like that and I even though with my accent people would automatically because when I especially when I first moved over I had quite a strong not Irish accent like it was a mix of everything it's very unique yeah and people would automatically like with my accent I'd be separated because I don't sound like people and then I also well it's gone now but I used to have more of a tan because I lived in a sunny country so then I'd be that as well I'd be more of an outcast like I, you're not wearing orange fake tan like you <laughs> you're naturally tanned um I'm not anymore so if you see any photos of me but um yeah I think sorry what was the question um I can't
0: remember <laughs> I don't know this is just way podcast go <laughs> Oh, maybe it's, oh, yeah, how, like, it must have been tiresome changing. Oh, all the time.
1: Yeah, it was. It was just, like, it was kind of a side of relief at the end of the day. I was like, okay, I can be myself now. And I wasn't, like, being completely a whole different person, but I was just trying to fit in and trying to tweak things so I could yeah. fit in with everyone else. So it's just nice to know that you don't have to pretend to be someone else the whole time. Yeah. And you can just be yourself and
0: people will like you for that. And what's your advice to anyone who wants to become more of themselves?
1: I'd say that you don't know unless you actually become your vibe, like who you will attract. Because most likely if you're pretending to be someone else, you're not with the people that you feel comfortable being yourself with. So unless you start trying to be yourself, you're not going to find those people that you will be able Mm -hmm. to fully be yourself with. And I know it's hard in some situations. Like when I was in that school, I wouldn't have been able to be myself because I wouldn't have found anyone that I would have fit in with because that's just how it was. Mm -hmm. But it's about going to new experiences, trying new things. Like if there's something you really love to do, like dance was it for me when I was younger. Um, And that's where I found my tribe and I was able to be myself with them. So try do things that you really love and you might find people. And then I started doing yoga and fitness and anytime I went to fitness events and yoga events or even just yoga classes, I would find someone to talk to and we'd have an instant connection because we had things in common that we love. So it's just about finding people that you have things in common with people that you can just talk to and not have to worry about putting up a fake persona or a fake character or anything like that
0: and I'll just share with the listeners like how my uh, myself met was like at a hike <laughs> last yeah. year and it's funny because that's yeah. how we met literally yeah. just by talking and putting yourself out there because a lot of people do want to meet like minded people but it's about being open seeing who's yeah. around you and just saying hello because you never know who they are
1: yeah we ended up just talking we were just doing like a group hike event together and we ended up just starting talking and it's funny how like you can just connect through simple things but that are you find people that are so like-minded like I've met loads of people at yoga classes that I've just started talking to them and now like I'd see them occasionally for a coffee or whatever or you just see them again and again at yoga yeah. classes and it's just nice to know do you have someone with a common interest and
0: absolutely yeah and the world's a small place now with social yeah. media yeah and what's your advice for like dealing with bullies
1: I mean I look back now and I wish I could like tell myself so many things because I've always been such a people pleaser and I've always just wanted to say yes to everything and not let anyone down and never say no and never stand up for myself because I was never able to stand up for myself when I was in that bullying situation and now I know I would be able to because Mm -hmm. I've gone through that but in that situation I wish I could just tell myself that you have to be stronger in yourself and you have to stand up against the people because... I hate that I let them walk all over me and I would apologize when they would do things for me, which just makes no sense. Like, why would I say sorry if you're being horrific to me? Like, if you're being horrendous to me and then I say sorry to you, it makes no sense. And it's just feeding them. They're like, oh, I have all this power over you, which they did. Like, the person had so much power over me and I couldn't do anything about it. But that experience, even though it was so horrible, (laughs) like it was two years of coming home every single day and crying but I'm so much stronger because of it Mm. and I know if I was ever in a similar situation or if I had a friend in a similar situation I'd be able to help them and I'd be able to stand up for myself Mm -hmm. and but I would just say I don't know it's hard when you're in the situation yourself it's hard to stand up and it's hard because I know I wasn't able to but if you can find someone to confide in like a really close friend or a parent and I know they always say "Oh, talk to your school schools always say they have strong anti-bullying policies but in reality like we talked to my school when it was happening and they didn't do anything like they say they do that but I would try and find someone like a parent Mm -hmm. if you're comfortable talking to a parent or someone else an aunt if you feel more comfortable with them or a friend just so someone else knows your situation and they'll always be there Mm -hmm. for you to help you if you're going through something or hopefully they'll be able to step in and stop it Mm -hmm. because even like there's a couple of girls that were my friends and they never like some people would even though they'd be really nice to me but then when she was there they would like go onto her side, but there were a couple of people who were a lot more strong-minded than me, and would just tell her to stop if they something was going That's on. So they, good. they were able to stand up, but I was just never strong enough to be able to stand up. Mm-hmm. But it has taught me a lot. And for it's, now,
0: it's made you the woman you are yeah. today. And something also that you went through in your teenage years, similar to myself, is like finding body acceptance. Yeah. Would you mind talking about that at all?
1: Yeah, like I haven't quite found it. Um. Because I, when I was going through my mental health problems, I was going through an eating disorder, and that lasted for a couple of years, and that's really affected, like, my view of myself, and it's, even though I've gotten past my struggles with my eating disorder, I still have lots of negative body issues, and I can't, I, I still don't accept my body for me, and I, I don't accept myself for me, mm. um... But like it's gonna be a long road with those sort of things. Like I'm in such a better place. I'm so happy most of the time. I've got good friends. But it's just occasionally I like, get those moments so where like, oh my gosh, I hate my body, yeah. or I can't stand photos of myself, and I'm like, oh no. But I'm still trying to work on it. And some of the things are just like, I remember I used to follow loads of models on social media who I just thought had the perfect bodies or whatever. But in reality, that's their job to look like that and twenty four seven. They're
0: probably photoshopped.
1: Yeah. And um, so instead of doing that, I unfollowed all of those. And then I started following like people who I thought looked really healthy and promoted a healthy message instead. And that just means that every time you're flipping through Instagram, you're not seeing, you're not like feeling bad about yourself. You're feeling mm-hmm. like, oh, that's cool. I could try that workout and that'll make me feel good, or mm-hmm. I could try that healthy meal to fuel me. Mm-hmm. Or you just see someone that travels the world and you'd be like, that's so cool because there's so many other things going on. Like so when you're feeling like that, it can feel like, oh my gosh, like this defines me. There's it doesn't seem like there's a way out, but then you see people who are traveling, and you think it's such a small thing, and yes. there's so many things that, like, if you're traveling the world and you're on the top of a mountain, you're on the top of a mountain in Peru, like you're not going to be thinking about how you look, absolutely, and some of the best experiences. You just see people doing that, and it makes you want to do those things because it kind of shows you that how you look doesn't matter in most of life. You just think it does,
0: and you need the energy to get up the mountain to see things. Yeah. Like, nobody knows the weight of Oprah Winfrey. Nobody cares about how powerful you can be, you know, without having your weight involved. And it
1: can consume you and it does consume me a lot of the time. But then I see someone who's, like, just achieved a really cool business goal or done something really cool. Like, one of my favourite influencers has a sustainable swimwear brand and she's launched that. And she's in Selfridges now selling sustainable swimwear as part of a new Mm -hmm. initiative. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with how you look. It has nothing to do with your weight. It has nothing to do with, like, how you see yourself in the mirror. So it's like it's such a small part of you that you should look It like by doing that you can see so many other things that don't that show your weight doesn't define you or how you look doesn't define you.
0: Yeah I myself I don't know if you know this used to be like quite overweight that I would get in the school bus and got bullied like yeah oink, oink, here comes the pig
1: Aww. that was really
0: annoying so then I was like okay if I need to be happy in life I need to be skinny yeah Then I got too skinny like probably an accident. yeah and then i realized i'm so not happy like i have yeah. no energy to leave bed so i can completely relate to you yeah. and then it's not until so i think it's a constant work in progress still like you have to constantly say positive affirmations yeah. think of something bigger than yourself yeah and yeah because
1: because like it is and it's gonna be like a long challenge for me and hopefully someday we will actually be able to accept my body but even at the moment as well like I'm still in my teenage years and it's such a big thing in teenage years like so many of my friends would even though they'd be a bit better than me in that sort of way they'd still like see a photo and be like oh my gosh I hate how I look in that and I feel like so many people in the world are like the majority of people are so even though it is a lifelong struggle that I probably will have Mm -hmm. I can still do things to work against it but I also have to accept that I'm probably never going to feel 100% happy with my body but that's okay like it's never
0: gonna be, take up my whole mind and consume That's my whole so mind. Yeah, yeah. And what are some ways that you cultivate more self love? Um
1: I don't know, I just when I people think of self love, they think of oh, I appreciate like my body and I appreciate all this. But I think it's for me turning it away from the talk of that because I know I don't appreciate my body yet and I know I don't really appreciate who I am yet or accept that. But it's just doing things that I love that don't make me think about how I look like doing a yoga class because I love to do that going to the gym and that might sound like a bit of an oxymoron like the body and going to the gym but I genuinely love going to the gym and it distracts me from school and you do it for the right reasons yeah I don't think about going there to like burn off that or whatever yeah I go there and I enjoy doing it and I plug in a podcast and I listen and it's kind of like my distraction time or going for a walk with one of my friends or going to have coffee with my one of my friends like doing things that aren't schoolwork and that aren't related to anything that will consume my mind just like having a nice catch-up with a friend or doing something like that I think even though it's not exactly the things to do with actually like accepting yourself and accepting your body I think for me because it's kind of just turning away the whole talk from thinking about your body or thinking about yourself if that makes sense like you're kind of just getting away from that and doing things that you really enjoy
0: Uh huh. and I'm sure like being a vegan and yes. creating nourishing recipes is something as well that you do just sort of
1: yeah I love cooking and I don't get I don't do it enough this year because I just have so much schoolwork on that mm-hmm. I kind of just cook up a quick meal and I'm like oh, that'll do I mean most of the time it's still pretty tasty I have to say but um, <laughs> I don't get it I last year I had so much more time to do it than the year before but and during the summer I will hopefully have loads of more time to cook recipes but I do love cooking mm-hmm. and it's so fun creating new baking, baked treats and mm. cooking new meals that are so tasty and then giving them someone and feeding them making sure forcing it down the front and be like is this good is this good is this good And crossing my fingers and hoping that it actually is good. But yeah, I do love cooking because it's just, it's so exciting to like try some, try a new thing. Like if I try something at a restaurant, I'm like, oh, I want to create that at home. So I'll go and I'll try so many different things to make sure it tastes as close as I can get it. And it's so fun experimenting with different spices and trying things you've never tried before. I find if you're cooking like plant-based meals, you kind of have to be more creative Mm. because it's like... A lot of people will be like, oh, I don't mind eating a chicken breast by itself. I mean, I would find that a bit bland, but a lot of people don't mind it. But then a lot of people would be like, oh, I don't just want to eat broccoli by itself. Um, I mean, I would eat broccoli by itself. But it's, Peanut butter and satay sauce with that oh, Um, But it's it's fun creating new things. Like, be like, oh, I've got chickpeas. So what do I want to make out of it? I can make a chickpea curry, a chickpea stew, a chickpea stir fry. Um, there's so many different things you can do and so many different recipes you can try. So it is really fun. And it's a nice little escape because I can just put on some music and start cooking. It's like therapy. Yeah. And because I learned to cook and bake from such a young age, like my dad taught taught me how to chop and everything like that. Like it's just kind of second nature to me. Like I'll just, oh, throw that on. I'm
0: mixing that. And then I'm like baking something on the side. So yeah. What are like some go-to but delicious recipes that you like to make?
1: Well, because I'm quite tight on time now, I try, my dinner is normally only taking me like 15 minutes to make because... I actually need to make them that quickly so I can go up and finish my study, but I normally on a Sunday like afternoon I normally like make a big batch of a chickpea curry. Um, I do two varieties. I either do like an Indian chickpea curry or a Thai chickpea curry, and like there's a Thai green curry which is so good. It's got like chickpeas and then I add loads of different like vegetables and then a Thai green curry paste, coconut milk, oh, and it's so nice. And then my Indian curry is like with tin tomatoes, coconut milk. If you just look up like. I've got a couple of recipes on my blog mm-hmm. for these sort of things. But also if you just look up vegan curry, like there's so many recipes mm-hmm. out there. And then I might make like a big chili, like a vegan chili and put that in the freezer. So I always have stuff in the freezer. That if some night I don't have anything. I can just take a thing out, defrost it and eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else do I make? I'll make like a lot of stir fry. So I'll just get some whole wheat noodles um, or soba noodles. I love soba noodles. They're so nice. And just cook those loads of vegetables some sort of protein like tofu or beans or peas I fry them in a pan with like some spices and soy sauce and it literally takes 10 minutes and it's so tasty um and then for like breakfast and stuff I kind of just bring food with me to school because I go in early to study and then I'll take a little break to eat my breakfast so I kind of just make porridge and put it in a flask with loads of fun little toppings or overnight oats or a smoothie or something like that but
0: yeah soba noodles I've never heard of them
1: but they're so nice they're made of buckwheat Oh, um, I love them they're so nice and stir fries
0: and do you think like sharing your recipes is something you want to continue doing more are you hoping to grow with the food blog I think so like this year I haven't had
1: any time really to create recipes or even post on Instagram like it's just been so hectic hectic because like, I just have so much study to do all the time. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, like, next summer, I'll be able to get a lot more into it. And I may take a gap year next year, which would mean I have so much more time. <laughs> yeah, so much more time to dedicate to doing those sort of things yeah. that I love doing. Um, because this year is kind of just, like, I, like, I'm being realistic. and saying I'm not going to have time to do that sort of stuff. And so okay, I just have a year, where I'm just like, okay, occasionally I'll put out an Instagram post. And occasionally I might put a recipe on my blog or YouTube video. But they do take time. Um, so, yeah, hopefully next year I'll be able to dedicate a lot more time to doing that
0: sort of stuff. And how do you manage your time? Because I know you make time to exercise a lot as, yeah. well, as well as do all your schoolwork.
1: I've kind of like got it into a routine now, which works quite well. So, I like everything's everyone's different. This is just kind of like what works for me. Mm-hmm. I used to be in a thing where I would go to the gym in the morning before school, go to school, and then do all my study in the evening but I found that the gym was really busy in the morning and then I wasn't getting all the study I wanted done in the evening so I found that I go into school now really early in the morning and get a couple of hours of study done before school starts which means I have like a huge chunk of my study done before I even like start my school day which mm-hmm. I have so much less pressure to do much study in the evening so if I have anything they're like oh I don't really want to study I can't be bothered to do anything at least I've got like a good two and a half hours done in the morning. Like. Um, and then I found that like my prime time to go to the gym is directly after school because I have so much energy from sitting down all day. Like yeah. I just want to move my body and it is empty. Like there's probably five people in the it's gym so at that weird. time because I finish school at half three. So I get there for like quarter to four and it's before the after work rush. So it's literally empty. I mean, occasionally I see a person from school and it's normally guys from school who I don't really know. And I kind of just hide my face because I don't want to be seen. But um <laughs> And then I go home and try and get as much study done as I can. But it kind of depends on, like, the evening. I try to take a little bit of chill time occasionally. Like, I'll walk my dogs or I'll
0: do something like that. So I'm just curious. I was doing research and productivity. And yeah. apparently we're most productive at absorbing information first thing in the morning. Have you found that you're more productive? I am so much more
1: productive in the mornings. like, that's one of the reasons why I do my study in the morning. Because I find that, like, I... Kind of, I feel so accomplished once I've done it. To start the school day, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm kind of smug. I'm like, oh, I've already done most things I need to do for today." But I am really productive because I know, like, when I get into school to study before the school day Mm -hmm. starts, like, there's no point in just like wasting two hours if I'm already in school at that time and I've already gotten up at five thirty to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense. So if I'm kind of just there, my brain seems to just work. I get a coffee. I don't actually need a coffee. Coffee makes me very jittery, but I love the taste of coffees and I just love the feeling of having a coffee. Um, but yeah, I'm so productive in the morning. And then when I come home, I'm a lot worse than studying. I'm like procrastinating. I'm like, oh, I'll bake something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I might do a little bit of that so 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh. So at least I don't feel, because like before when I was just doing all my studying in the afternoon, I was just not getting everything that I wanted to get done done. And then i will be like, oh, I have to study for a business test or something. I'm like, I can't be bothered to study some stuff about business that I can't even bring my mind to now. Like, some stuff is a bit boring. So, it's like at seven o'clock after school, you're just like, oh, that's the last thing I want to be doing. So, in the morning, I'm kind of just there to do it. I'm already in school. So, I'm like, I might as well just go for it and get it done before school starts. So, yeah, I am a lot more productive in the morning.
0: Would you consider yourself a high achiever?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I've, I've
1: always been a bit of a perfectionist. And it's not even in the thing, like, I used to be too like crazy with school marks I had to get an A and everything and I'm a lot more chill this year I'm like I'm just going to do my best I'm studying like hard but I'm definitely not overworking myself and I know a lot of people like they're overworking themselves too hard and they're going to burn out and I'm just like I'm going at a steady pace and hopefully it's going to pay off and I'm not going for any crazy high points because I actually don't know what I want to do and I don't want to do medicine or anything so I'm like I don't need to burn myself out to get 625 points I'm just going to do my best but I used to be a lot worse with, like, I had to get an A and everything to go. And if I didn't, I'd be distraught if I got a B. But now I'm like, I'm still a high achiever. I'd still aim for higher grades. But I'm a lot more relaxed if I, if I get a B. It's not the end of the world. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how do you, like, not allow yourself to get too stressed or overwhelmed? Do you have any strategies in place? Um, I'm still
1: learning how to combat stress. I still do get very stressed. I mean, I don't get anywhere near as stressed as I used to, but I do get very stressed. But I find, for me, everyone's different. Like Everyone to find something that helps them to relieve their stress. But for me, the gym straight after school, like, I always feel so much better. And a lot of days I'll be like, oh, I have so much study to do. I'm feeling really stressed. I've got a test tomorrow. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go straight home. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to go to the gym, even just do a half an hour workout and always when I'm done I automatically feel okay I'm fine I can go home and get this stuff done uh-huh. because I've had half an hour or more of just not thinking about school and not thinking about anything to do with school my brain's just kind of had a complete reset um, and that's the thing for me or going to a yoga class just doing something that you really like even if it's just going for a walk like if I'm studying at home all day and I'm kind of locked in and I'm like oh I my brain's just not working and I'm yeah. stressed blah, blah. I'll just go for a half an hour walk and I'll uh-huh. come back and I'll feel ready to do stuff again yeah So I think it's just finding your thing that helps you. And for me, that's the gym or going to a yoga class or going for a walk. But for some people, that's watching an episode of something on Netflix and then like getting their brain to work again. Like it's something that'll distract your mind from thinking about school or thinking about work or thinking about things that you have to do and just having time to completely zone off your mind and then going back to what you're doing and hopefully you'll be feeling a little bit less stressed after
0: that. So for you, it's sort of like getting out of your head and into your body?
1: Yeah. Like I find like, I never regret going to the gym and I always feel better after doing it and it's literally just, like, a happy time. Like, my friends are like, oh, they're always like, oh, like, I don't know how, like, you go to the gym. Like, I'd hate to go. And I'm like, I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And once I've put in music or i put in a podcast and I'm doing a gym, I just don't think about anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can just do this and not actually think about anything else. Mm-hmm. Whereas all the other times, like, even when I'm lying in the bed, my brain's going at, like, a hundred times an hour thinking about school, what I have to do with this, what I have to do with this, what I have to do with this. Do with this. And yeah so doing something like that like my stress levels just go down completely and I just I'm always on such a high after it and so yeah do you have any tips f- to help yourself get to sleep at night sleeping is not something I'm great at and I wish I had better tips but I don't know I've never been a great sleeper even since I was a little kid I used to get a lot of nightmares as a kid just like the little kid things I used to get very paranoid well I still very paranoid but I used to get scared of random things and I'm such a light sleeper that the lightest noise I will wake up like that like I'll hear one footstep downstairs my mom might still be downstairs if I'm in bed and I'll like automatically wake up like it doesn't have to be anything loud or I'll hear a thing of wind outside and I'm waking up so that kind of disrupts my sleep a lot like I'll wake up a couple times during the night and I always need to pee during the night so I wake up then and then come back but I do have a really hard time getting to sleep because my brain just tends to as soon as I lie down like I think I'm ready to sleep and then as soon as I lie down my brain just keeps going again. I'm like, oh I need to do this tomorrow. So I I tried to go into meditation but I just I sit down and then I can't like focus on anything and then I think like the five minutes seems to last like an hour. I'm like when will this end? So I will try again this year because a lot of people find it helpful. But I'm kind of of those ways that I always feel like I need to be doing something to occupy myself. Like I get so bored so easily. So if I'm just sitting down for five minutes listening to a guided meditation. I did it once or twice. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I tried to keep doing it. I was like, no, I can't do longer than two minutes. (laughs) Um, So I haven't quite, quite found anything to help me sleep. But there is like occasionally if I'm having a really bad night sleeping, I just take these natural supplements called melatonin. Um, which just kind of like helps me go to sleep. Sometimes it doesn't work because I just was this really natural thing, but I only do that occasionally because I don't want to get reliant on it. So yeah. I just hope for the best when I go to sleep. And some nights I have a good sleep and some nights I don't. I think that's like a lot
0: of people yeah. find it hard to switch off, so it's just normal, isn't it? Um Maya I know you probably don't have much time to read right now, but whenever you are in your summer holidays or whenever, what are like some of your favourite books? I am such a big reader and
1: this year I've kind of accepted I'm like okay I'm not going to read all the books that I normally do but next summer I'll be back on the books like over the summer holidays I counted it up and I think I read 40 books what yeah it's kind of crazy because I was reading a book like every two days um like I'm such a big reader and because over the summer holidays I was in Australia because I'm half Australian and we have a house over there and a lot of the times I was just sitting out by the pool I was on the beach or I was like in bed and I would just spend hours reading because I love reading and I'm super fast reader to the point where I have to reread books like twice because I end up like I completely miss the meaning of that book and (laughs) reread it but um my favorites are the classic Harry Potter I think I've read the series probably 20 times I just love it and it never gets old like no matter how many times you read it yeah and then one of my favorite ever books I'm more on the fiction side of the books Uh and I do like some like non-fiction books but I love thrillers and that sort of thing but one of my favorite books it's not a thriller called the hate you give and it's a really interesting book about racism in america it's basically a young girl's story where her best friend was shot because of the color of her skin and but i found that book really interesting and it was actually made into a movie and but then i just love like any thriller book and then i can't even remember the names of them i just kind of look up thriller and i hope for the best if i get it i just read a lot of books on my parents ipad because like I find that if I'm going to the bookstore every time to buy a new book, it's one, it's really expensive, too. It's not the best for the environment. Or I'll go to a library and I'll borrow borrow books if I'm at home. Or I'll borrow books from friends. I'll be like, oh, do you want this book? And they're like, oh, do you want this book? Um, So yeah, anything thriller kind of gets me like really excited and it makes me want to keep reading. Um, And then nonfiction. I love books about the environment. I've read loads of those. I can't even remember the names of them now. Yeah, if I, I remember, remember them, you can it. send them to me. I will, yeah. yeah. Um, what are some of the good ones? I can't even remember. And then there's some about like, plant based diets, like the China study by Dr. Is it Michael Greger? I can't remember. Or was it Michael Collins. Well, something like that. Um, and that's a really good book about plant based eating. Campbell. Is it like Colin Dr. Campbell. Campbell? Dr. Colin Campbell, that's there the one. Um, and then what else was there? I was reading a book a while ago. I think it's called Eating Animals. And that was quite interesting about plant-based eating as well. And then...
0: I saw you share like a documentary on Netflix and then I watched it. Yes,
1: Game Changers. It's so good. It's so good. It's really good, especially if someone has a boyfriend or a dad or brother who's really skeptical. That's exactly what I did with my boyfriend. Yeah, really skeptical about plant-based eating because it just shows, especially male athletes, um, how a plant-based diet has proved them so well. Like Lewis Hamilton, the F1 racer he talks he's right at the end but my dad loves f1 and i was like every time i see him on tv he's always winning the races i'm like he's vegan he's vegan and he always talks about how going vegan helped him so much and then there was like this one of the strongest man men in the world someone who did like an ultra marathon like it's so cool to show the power of plants and yeah your diets that's a really good one to watch for anyone like not even just if you're like a if you want your boyfriend to watch it like even watch it yourself it just it's really cool so to good. watch it like i didn't even need any extra motivation but i just saw that and be like oh that's really cool because um, it kind of reinforces the point for me
0: as well. Yeah, it yeah. does no harm to watch it yeah. at all. And what does Wild Expansion mean to you, Maya? So I was thinking about this
1: because it's the name of your podcast, so I was like, I feel like there's going to be something to do with this yeah. on it. And I wasn't really sure how to interpret it because I feel like it can be interpreted in so many different ways. I kind of think of it as... Like wild expansion within yourself, so like bettering yourself as a person, and um, and like inside of me, I think of it as wild expansion is just kind of expanding myself and being more myself for other people. It's it's hard to explain, but it's kind of just like being my own kind of wild, weird, quirky self and not caring what anyone thinks about me and developing myself like that without thinking someone has to like make me smaller like I can expand myself for being me and not listen to what anyone else says about that because there's been so many instances where people are like with the bullying and then with people kind of telling me who I have to be and I'm like no I can just be myself and that should be enough mm-hmm.
0: so yeah that's what I think it means to me I love it and I think you're an incredible human Maya <laughs> and you should just learn to love and accept yourself more because so many people do <laughs>
1: thank
0: you the world needs more Mayas so if anybody wants to follow your journey and learn some delicious recipes, where is the best place to send them?
1: Um, probably Instagram. I haven't been that active in the moment, at the moment, just because I've been in like a busy term with like I have early Christmas exams and stuff, but over Christmas period, I should be a lot more active and coming up to next summer. But I'm on Instagram at Maya Kate Duncan. So it's M-A-Y-A because there's like 10 different ways to spell that. Um, and then I have a blog, which is danceandfoodie.com. I post loads of recipes on there. I haven't posted there in a while, but there is a lot of backlog of recipes there and then I also do have a YouTube channel which is Maya and I haven't posted a video on there in a while but hopefully over the Christmas period I will post a few more of
0: those Maya one last question for you yes if you could have one message for the whole world to see on a billboard so it can't be that many words long okay what would it be I think coming back to so many things I've spoken about in this podcast I'm really
1: passionate about people just being themselves so I would say just be you and that you are enough because I think that so many people, especially teenagers and above, try to change who they are. And that just doesn't work for you. You're never going to find the people that you belong with if you try to change who you are. So I think just being you and accepting you and just believing that you are enough.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Maya that's everything. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast conversation. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And I would love for you to come over to the Facebook page after listening to share your key takeaways from what you have learned. Don't forget to share this podcast with a friend or family member who you think might benefit from it or leave the podcast a review on iTunes. Your support really does make a difference. Sending you so much love and light and I will be back next week with another episode. Take care.